family, this is Shannon Jackson, the people's nurse. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Living Your Life Without Limits. Today, we're gonna to be talking about monkeypox. And I have a special guest joining me today, none other than Dr. Danielle Ompod, who is the Interim Associate Dean of Academic and Faculty Affairs at NYU School of Global Public Health. Stay tuned. Wake up everybody, let's elevate your mind. Live your life without limits, no more wasting time. Once again, family, this is Shannon Jackson, the people's nurse. I'm so glad to bring you, you asked for it and now it's here. And we have our expert on this subject matter, none other than affectionately known as Dr. Danny, that's going to dive into the monkeypox. Dr. Danny, how are you? I am really well, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is my honor and privilege to have you with your expertise and talent to come on this show. So thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule. But I want to just dive into it. So many of the fans have been asking me, Shannon, when are you going to bring on monkeypox? Because everybody's been hearing and people are getting concerned of what's happening. So I want to I want you to walk us through truth and facts versus what's out there running around on the internet and all of that. So first of all, what is actually monkeypox and how is it caused? Sure, so monkeypox is a viral infection. It is caused by a pox virus that is similar to smallpox or vaccinia virus. There are a bunch of pox viruses actually. And it causes um, basically lesions on the skin that may look like bug bites. They start off red and flat and then they become pustules. So they might look like pimples. And then the pustules burst and they turn into scabs. It can be very itchy and painful. And the way you get this disease, um, there are actually several ways to get it. In the beginning, um, when we first recognized this disease, most of the transmission was either from animal to human or from human to human, so person-to-person -person transmission. And that usually happens, the person-to-person -person transmission, through respiratory droplets or from skin-to-skin -skin contact or contact with the infectious material from the scabs or the blisters. So it can also infect like clothing or sheets. So for example, if you're, um, if you have monkeypox and you have the scabs and you're sleeping in a bed, you could contaminate the sheets or the blankets um, with monkeypox. Okay. So um, thank you for that. Uh, now I want to just open this up because you're hearing a lot of people saying it's directly associated or more people coming down with it are of the homosexual or lesbian or gay community. Is that truth or fact or why would that be so? If it's sure. based on your explanation of it. Sure. Like so anybody could catch it. Anybody absolutely can catch it. In the, in the United States, in this current outbreak, the majority of the cases are among men and particularly gay, bisexual and other men who have sex with men. So it is person-to-person -person contact through infectious material. That contact could be you and I sitting next to each other on the subway, but it could also be intimate contact. 
that could be kissing, it could be hugging, it could be intercourse, it could be oral sex. So it absolutely can be transmitted through intimate contact, um, but that is not the only way it can be transmitted. So right now, the majority of the cases have been among gay men and bisexual men, um, probably because uh, the first cases may have been among gay men and you know they were hanging out with other gay men, um, but it is not limited to only gay men. Is it because of maybe a lack of education on how to, if you have contracted monkeypox, how to care for, and it's just spreading because there's a lack of knowledge there because, it's because people are saying, well, are they, you know, stereo, you know, typing us as if we're carriers of something when it's something that can be crossed to everyone? Or is it more because there's been less education among that group that initially started being carriers? That's a great question. So I think part of it is when the disease was, you know, first came to the U.S., uh, the general public didn't know much about monkeypox. The other thing to keep in mind is that if you look at pictures of the early stage of the rash or the, the lesions that happen, they could be mistaken for bug bites mm -hmm. so, so or pimples or something like that. Mm -hmm. So people might not necessarily know that they have monkeypox. So I, I suspect that part of it is people just not knowing about monkeypox. And that's not because, you know, in the beginning, it's not because people were not paying attention. It's more because it was a relatively new infection that we've seen in the U.S. And then I also think that people might not have realized that they were infected by the time the, the rash began to show. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I think trying to stigmatize or discriminate exactly. against gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men is not really the way to go. It's one, it's not helpful. Two, I, I don't think that um, this community has um, not done everything that they can to um, protect themselves. I agree. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because I don't want it to create an alarm. One, that is just one stereotype or stigma to one population versus others and for other people to feel well I can't catch it because I'm not this which is either both are are incorrect so um so what do we do to uh first before we go into treatment on it what are some of the things that we can do to prevent um developing monkeypox? Because like you said, many people, the first thing, if they get a blister or something, they think one, even a mosquito bite, people think, oh, I got a mosquito bite, right? Or something like that. Uh, what are some of the things that we can do to be more cautious uh, in a public health arena? Um, just, you know, being more aware and what we can do to prevent such a sure. thing from happening, contacting it or spreading it if we already contacted it. I think there are several things that we can do. Uh, I think if you do not have monkeypox, but you're worried about getting monkeypox and you're in a group that is um, perhaps at high risk at the moment for getting monkeypox, you can be a little judicious in thinking about hanging out in large groups, right? Because again, not all the cases among gay men are going to be because of intimate sexual contact, right? Mm -hmm. People could be hanging out in bars or parks with their friends, but you know, when we hang out, we're hugging each other, we're touching each other. So I think being thoughtful about skin-to-skin um, -skin contact um, and even um, close contact, um, like being in the 
close to each other when you're speaking might be something to reconsider if you know you have friends or no friends who might have come come into contact with monkeypox. If you're a part of a community that may be at increased risk through intimate sexual contact, you might want to reconsider the activities that you're engaging in right now, right? So you might want to rethink having um, intercourse, uh, whether oral, anal, or vaginal. You might want to uh, reconsider, you know, having, even if you're not having sex, have being very close to each other, hugging or kissing um, for the moment and think of alternative activities. Now, they might not be as fun. I, I acknowledge that, but there are other things that we can do um, to be intimate with each other without touching. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, masturbating in front of each other, um, phone sex, you know, uh, cyber sex. There are all sorts of alternatives to do that not necessarily a satisfying, um, maybe not the experience that you're looking for, but maybe something to try for the moment until we get this infection under control, particularly if you're starting to see it move your friends or your sexual partners. The other thing we can do is if you think that you might've been exposed and or if you start to see something that looks like a bug bite or you're starting to have pain in your um, genital area or in your anus and you're not sure what it is, if you start to see lesions, then perhaps uh, refrain from hanging out with people um, in close quarters so that you don't transmit it to other people. Um, if you have a partner and they're not showing symptoms, you might not want to sleep in the same bed until you can, can confirm that you either have or don't have monkeypox. I would say that this is not something to panic about, but it is something to be concerned about and to pay attention to. So the high-risk category is still isolated to what groups? Right now, the majority of the cases are among men and among gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. Now I'm hearing that the children are also, there's a few cases that have developed with children. Is that correct too? That is true. There have been um, a few cases of children um, or people under the age of 18 getting infected with monkeypox. Because I think about the kids that are in kindergarten or, you know, preschool, they playing and touching, you know, with each oh, other. Oh yeah. The they don't know how not to touch each yeah, other. Exactly. That's just how they interact. So a couple of people are worried that is this going to put us into another lockdown? What are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure that it'll put us into a lockdown, mainly because I think that uh, the American public is is not going to be down for that. I think that the previous lockdowns had um, a substantial effect on our uh, personal and work lives and our school lives. And so I, I suspect that that would be um, a last resort. However, I am concerned because we are heading into back to school and I'm less concerned about the little ones at the moment and more concerned maybe about college students or high school students and particularly students who are coming back to school and they're living in congregate settings like dorms. And so I really want those folks you know, those folks, maybe 16, 17, 18 to 25, who are going to be living in congregate settings to be very thoughtful about, you know, how they're in contact with people, keeping an eye on any um, rashes that they might have, uh, and, and being careful about um, possible transmission. Although okay. that's not to say that the little ones 
couldn't be infected. And obviously, you know, if you're living in a household with somebody who has monkeypox, it's absolutely possible to become infected, right? I mean, you know, you could have two dads, um, one of whom, you know, went to a club, you know, was hanging out with his friends, got infected. And we all know that the little ones like to crawl in bed with their parents, you know, on a Saturday morning or whatever, could have been infected because dad didn't know that he had monkeypox, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that there's been a narrative in some circles about um, abuse of children, and that's how they're getting monkeypox. I would um, venture to say that the majority of kids that get monkeypox in this epidemic are not getting it that way. It's okay. going to be something more benign, probably dad or mom or another kid. Um, they come in contact with them um, through, you know, regular everyday contact. So um, there is not enough vaccine supply out. Um, at least that's what's being said on the media. It, uh, have you heard anything more about production on that? Or are they just going to do like they did when we rolled out the... COVID vaccine, high-risk categories first, and then as we continue to go along, um, they'll continue to expand the criteria? Or yeah, so I think um, in terms of the vaccine right now, epidemiologically, it makes sense to prioritize high-risk groups because it is not the entire U.S. Um, that is at high risk at the moment. Um, and perhaps we won't all ever be at high risk, right? So at the moment, it makes sense to focus on communities that are seeing the majority of the cases. There has been um, a proposal, which I think they passed, uh, for diluting one of the vaccines so that you get more doses per vial by changing the way they administer the vaccine. And so uh, that it will hopefully increase the number of doses available. And then it's my understanding that they're also trying to increase production. Any final thoughts on this subject matter that can kind of calm the community and the public awareness, but yet keep us informed and prepared so that we, you know, can go in caution, uh, but also with knowledge of how to be preventative? So I think what you've said is on point, which is um, be cautious and thoughtful. And so I think staying up to date with the latest information, keeping in mind that information is going to change over time. It's not because we don't know what we're doing. It's because we're learning more about the outbreak as we see more cases. If you're at risk, um, if somebody you know has got a, gotten monkeypox, you might wanna consider getting vaccinated if you were in close contact with them. And your ability to do that is going to vary based on where you live. Um, and how you go about doing that is going to be based on where you live. Uh, but a lot of health departments are uh, having great campaigns to communicate how to go about doing that. Um, but the smartest thing you can do is just stay informed as much as possible and be very thoughtful about being in close contact with people, particularly if um, anybody in your network thinks that they might have monkeypox. Thank you so much, Dr. Danny, for your time. How can we follow you and continue to get those updates online? Why don't you tell us that so we can add that here? Sure. So my Twitter handle is at Danny Ompad. So that's at D-A-N-I-E-O-M-P-A-D. Uh, and so 
I, I post every now and then, probably not as much as I should. Um, but you can also check out the website for the New York University School of Global Public Health. We often have information for the general public. And we just did a webinar on monkeypox a few weeks ago. And that is actually available online right now. Excellent. Well said. So there you have it, family. We have straight from our expert on the subject matter. So um, I think she's already said it all. The only thing I will add is that hand hygiene is always very important in every condition. We saw that a lot with the COVID spread. So continue to wash your hands and change your bedding um, more often and, and even uh, be very conservative of who you have in your close space. So once again, as always, family, we thank Dr. Danny for her time. And most of all, we thank you for tuning in each week to Living Your Life Without Limits. My goal as the host of this show is to bring you education, motivation, and inspiration that will allow you to continue to live your life without limits. And as I end this show, and I often do, remember, family, to love yourself take care of yourself, because guess what? You are absolutely worth it. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.